the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers radio show. Heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, faithtalk1360.com. And please go to the rescuersradioshow.org website where you can hear all the shows on podcasts once they've aired on Facebook. Uh, Faith Talk 1360, and this is a listener-supported um, show, so if you, you'll, you'll also see a purple button on the website uh, with directions for you if you wish to, uh, to donate to the program at, at all. Um, we're 155 shows in, and I'm about ready to start our fourth season. It's just been a great ministry that uh, I never saw coming, but it's been, been awesome. Hey, my guest this morning is going to be recognizable to all of you, Alan D. Solheim. Is the D uh, a middle name? Dale, yes. Dale, okay. But we'll go by Alan, all right? Yes. Okay. Alan Solheim, uh, the now-retired uh, executive vice president of Karsten Manufacturer Manufacturing Corporation, and we're going to dive down into that and talk all about the, the company and their great uh, the great work they do all around the world. But before we look into that fascina- uh, fascinating calling and works, um, if you would take time and just tell us, how did you get to this point in your life? How did I What's your backstory? Get to, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, as far as I, I grew up with a, a Christian family, and uh, as as far as... Uh, uh, golf became part of it when I was in high school, <laughs> the, uh, and that's when my father started uh, ping. Uh, and uh, my my father, at an early age, actually wanted to be a, a missionary, but he found out when he talked that he he said words didn't come out right, uh, <laughs> and he felt that that wasn't his his calling. Calling. But, so. Um, and he worked for he was in the corporate world for a while, right? Yes, uh huh. He he worked for General Electric, but he was also in the aerospace uh, industry. My mother was too. She calculated uh, the lift on airplane wings. Uh, she was her title was computer before there were computers. But but my my father uh, uh, was the one that came up with the nose wheel on the airplane for landing on an aircraft carrier. First, really? First plane with a, they were all tricycle landing before that. And 
he was the one that presented it to the Navy before they went into production of it. Wow. So, but, but <laughs> That's I a big do, deal. I, I, I do have to tell you one thing. Uh, as far as uh, even though with all that aerospace background and, and, and everything, when it came to designing a, a golf club, uh, my father knew that a, a golf club got up to 100 miles an hour. And he would have me drive the car at exactly <laughs> 100 miles an hour early in the morning with no wind so that it would be calm. And he had a spring scale, which was what they used in the wind tunnel that would give you the resistance. <laughs> um, and we would do that over and over. But how many kids get to go 100 miles an hour with their father in the car? <laughs> and that's here in the in Phoenix, right? Uh that was in Phoenix, Phoenix. Uh-huh, when we came out with the woods. And wow. I do not tell people what car I was driving or where <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, I never got a ticket. And I... <laughs> oh, I love that story. So uh, the first invention, though, was the putter, right? So, yes, uh-huh, the, the putter. Uh, I was working for Palo Alto Municipal Golf Course after high school. And uh, my father had designed a putter for himself five years before that. Being an engineer, he made it with heel and toe weighting, putting lead tape or le- I mean lead weights out on the heel and toe. And my boss, Pat Mahoney, told him that he was really a good putter. He had practiced putting while he was waiting for me to get off work. And uh, uh, my father told him uh, how. Uh, it takes more inertia to twist. He says, you should have seen the way I putted before I made this putter. And <laughs> Pat Mahoney said, well, I'd like to sell a putter like that. Could you make some more? <laughs> and he also told him if you made a putter that would roll the ball, you'd sell a million of them. <laughs> well, as far as that's all he talked about all the way home. And when he got home, he says, I know how to make a, a putter that will roll the ball. And he took two sugar cubes, said these are the weights, and he took two popsicle sticks and said a person would be right-handed or left-handed <laughs> putting it against the sugar cubes. And and then he says he put another popsicle stick underneath it and said, I'm going to connect the shaft to the bottom instead of the top because when you connect to the top, it bends backwards from overspin, but by connecting to the bottom – when the ball was hit, the face would go up and the back would go down. Wow. Yeah. So, and it made a little sound? And, and <laughs> it wasn't until, <laughs> it wasn't until he, we got that first putter, uh, the parts were welded together and my father went down in the garage and drilled a hole for the shaft and uh, uh, he, he didn't epoxy it in or anything. He just stuck it in. And he came upstairs to to the rug, and he put a ball down, and and it was like a tuning fork. It went <laughs> ping, and he di- he didn't know it was going to ping. And he said to my mother, "Listen to that! It went ping!" And he hit it again, and he says, "I've got a name for my putter." And my my mother says, "That's nice, honey. Now let's sit down and eat dinner." Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. So that was our early years. Yeah. So, um, Karsten Manufacturing, uh, maker of everything Ping, uh, the clubs yes. for sure, but there's a lot of other products there. Um, 
is one of Arizona's largest uh, family-owned companies, right? Uh, yes, I believe so. Or the we, largest. We have who knows? like 800 employees here in Phoenix, probably 1,500, 1,600 worldwide. Yeah. So um, over 50 years uh-huh. of innovation and manufacturing in the golf equipment industry, exclamation point, we could stop right there, but we're yeah. not going to. Uh huh. But the birth, the birth came along with the ping, <laughs> right? And and then it it graduated into these products. And uh, so t- so to give us a, a high level view, uh, high level uh, history of this magnificent company, famous for uh, of all the custom fit, custom built ping golf clubs, which are the best sellers leading. Um, leading the professional golf shops in more than 80 countries. Yeah. Wow. Tell us about this. Well, well, uh, you know, we've always tried to build the best golf club that we could. And uh, I think we're very fortunate because we're, we're doing that, uh, people want to play it. And so we do have quite a, a staff worldwide on the professionals uh, uh, playing it. And because most of them want to play ping, it's almost we've got our choice So uh, people. And we can p- choose people that have character and, and things. Uh, uh, the Christian values have been always very strong. Uh, my father's life verse was trusting in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path and my mother was the same way her her prayers almost uh, most uh, she would end a lot of the times with uh, not my will but yours and my father was pretty much the same way I mean I can remember at one point that uh, that he that he said, uh, Lord, if this business is not your will, dissolve it or take it away. But if it is your will, see us through all problems and help us to grow. And look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So um, uh, I, I I doubt there's anybody in the world that hasn't uh, heard of Ping, and and it's it's uh, based been based based in Phoenix forever, right? Yes, yeah. we we started in Redwood City, California. So okay. the first two years were there, and then 1961 we came to Phoenix. Came to Phoenix. Um, so y- you served proudly in the U.S. Marine Corps. Thank you very much for your service. Yeah, thank you. I was an Air Force guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I always I was a a pilot. I always wanted. I, I was surprised I didn't go into the Air Force, but the Marine Corps. <laughs> well, I didn't get to pilot. I I, I kept them in the air, you know, uh-huh. from the ground. But um, and I built ga- bombs for them in in uh, out of Guam in 1968. Oh. But that's other stories. This is about you. Uh, but thank you very much for your for your service. That's powerful. Uh, you were a, you were also a very competitive marathon runner. Yes, I've run in a lot of marathons, 12 consecutive Boston marathons. I ran the Phoenix Marathon in 246.38, and that was after I was 40 years of age. Wow. So um, I've always under, I have a lot of friends that have run marathons, and I've never understood the logic. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Except you, if you're going to do it, be highly competitive and run fast. <laughs> yes. There, there is a high that you, you get. I think yeah. anytime you run farther than about six miles, uh, you, you do, you get a, a feeling of almost floating and that, uh, wow. that it's just a wonderful world you're jogging in. Yeah. Amazing. So, uh, you made you had a record with the Boston Marathon, or uh, no? Personally, uh, my fa- fastest both Boston Marathon was uh, two fifty one. Okay, wow, yeah. that's 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 pretty steady on on the on the pavement. Uh-huh. So, uh, and, and any other famous marathons that you were in? Uh, no, uh, the ones here probably. Yeah. The, yeah. the ones, ones in here Phoenix. and then in Tucson and things. Yes. Okay. But. So, uh, you, you have served on many local advisory, uh, in uh, local advisory boards and boards of directors. And uh, is there one, you had a special honor in 2002, and I want you to tell us about this. You were knighted by the King of Norway. Tell yes. us about this. Uh, my father was born in Norway, and uh, you know because of that and ha- having the Norwegian roots, that um, I was very interested in uh, in Norway and became consul for for Norway for Arizona, and. Um, uh, there were a lot of uh, Norwegians that uh, that I had to help out. I mean, from getting out of a jail to to finding where their kids uh, were when they were going to, to ASU or supposed to. <laughs> I, I had one where the uh, uh, the the mother had had called me and said that their uh, son was going to ASU and found out he wasn't even registered and he. Had, he was supposed to have been going there for, for, for two years. And uh, now these were students case. from Norway, or uh, yes, okay. Um, they, but uh, there were all kinds of of uh, uh, made up passports yeah. for uh, Norwegians that where their passports expired, and uh, it was very interesting. And they retired me from that at age sixty seven, which is what. Uh, the retirement age is in Norway. Norway. My goodness. So uh, from there, I'd like for you to share about your mother uh, founding the Solheim Cup for women's golf, right? uh, She's definitely had a very big uh, part uh, in that. When when they um, when the LPGA Tour came to us wanting us to sponsor a tournament uh, that would be like the Writers Cup. Uh, mm. My mother was very much for it and said this is something we should do, and they wanted us to uh, sponsor uh, two events. Uh, my my brother John uh, uh, said uh, if we sponsor. T- Two events, they'll probably give it to somebody else after that, and it'll have a different name. If we do it, we should do it for at least ten events. It's every other year, so that would be for twenty years, years. and that's what we've did. And then we've extended it beyond that. We've got one coming up 
uh, in Spain. I was uh, over in Spain recently uh, checking out the course and the facilities and things there. And we also picked out a, a church. Uh, we always have a, a church service on Sunday. And usually we get uh, one or two from each team coming to it. And I always like to see uh, which team has the most because usually they come to be, uh, whether it's Europe or the U.S., uh, they they end up winning. The <laughs> <laughs> no mystery there. Yeah. So, um, so wonderful. Um, you know, and there's a lot of uh, golfers that live here in the Valley, in, in the Phoenix area. Uh, the men and the women, I, I, I imagine, uh, uh, Betsy King, uh, yes. I, I was very honored to have her on the rescuers radio show. At, uh, and, and she was uh, top notch in her, in her days of playing, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and she started Africa for golf. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, I, matter of fact, I was just talking to her recently about that because, um, she takes other golfers from any part of the world with her, right? To, uh-huh. So they can acknowledge their, what's going on in other countries that really need assistance, right? Yes. Like giving them water. How do, how do you? Oh, yeah. She, they, she partners with World Vision, I think, right? Right. Yeah. And, and she's put in uh, wells in uh, communities uh, and uh, basically two types of wells. One is one that they, they pump that will just be a small area, but then also a well that will take care of a whole community. I never asked her, but I never thought about it till now. Has she ever been a Solheim Cup winner? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. She's been captain of the oh, Solheim nice. Cup. Uh, yeah. That's quite an honor. And, uh-huh. So, um, gosh, I, I can't think of any... Uh, so. On the product side, which you've had uh, hands-on, right, uh-huh. for, for, for many some years. Some of the putters and things. Uh-huh. What goes behind all of that? There's a lot of engineering. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and multiple disciplines of engineering, right? Uh-huh. To, yeah, I, I met with some of our engineers on Monday going over their different ideas, and it's just amazing to me on 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 how they're able to take uh, things and fine tune it. One of the theories my father had is that you can always improve on something, and then he he believed you can improve on what you've already improved, <laughs> and so we're constantly doing that. Yeah. So uh, my gosh, and and the manufacturing of the clubs is is all here at your facility in in Phoenix. The, as far as we have a, a plant in uh, Gainsborough, England, for all of Europe, and then we have uh, a plant in Japan for Asia, uh, that it's very important that we get golf clubs to the uh, person fast after fitting them. Mm-hmm. Here we try to get them out within two days so that uh, a person come into a pro shop uh, on on the weekend, and the pro will call it in on Monday. We'll build it and ship it out, and they'll have it to play with the following weekend. Wow! So but right now we've been a little bit farther behind, but uh, for a long time we've kept with that two days. Wow! Yeah. So and uh, so one of your pro golfers customers 
has a, a mishap out on the out on the in a in a tournament, you have trucks and things right there to be able to make adjustments or even a yes. a, a fix, right? Right. Yeah. 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 We do on on site the uh, and that's uh, it. It used to be that um, I I can remember. For instance, Jack Nicholas in our early years in the '60s was playing our our putter, and he'd call me up and want to try something different. And like one of the tournaments was in Nevada, and and I, it was actually a uh, he wanted to try a 33 inch putter. He was using a 34 inch putter, and uh, we would rather not cut one down and and change what they're using. Yeah. You know, if something's working and. And I, I flew up there, uh, our our own plane, and uh, he is a pilot too, so it gave yeah. us good conversation and things. But uh, he uh, he really liked that thirty three inch uh, putter, and he he used it for um, for all that week. And he told me afterwards, he said the reason he really liked it was he says the position was so uncomfortable. He says, I can remember the exact position <laughs> that I'm in. Wow. But a couple of weeks later, he went back to a 34. He said he'd have to keep going shorter and shorter because <laughs> it came became comfortable. Oh, man. So um, you, you probably have millions of these kinds of stories. Uh, say if, you, if you've uh, come in late to the this episode of The Rescuers, uh, my guest is uh, Alan Solheim. And of uh, Ping uh, Manufacturing here in the in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, how how else have you uh, and the and and Ping uh, been making a difference in the field of golf? I I would say uh, we really brought the to light the importance of fitting. Um, one of the things my father would do would be he would uh, he he would ask a player what's their favorite club, and uh, then he would look at why that was better, and he would find out if it was a five iron that maybe the others weren't adjusted uh, the same way. With the the lie, uh, we would get the. Uh, loft so that it progresses evenly so they're getting the the right distance but paying attention to those details and some of it was um, whether they were using ping or not Uh, for instance johnny miller we adjusted his club before he had his string of wins even though it wasn't the ping club oh (laughs) wow so um uh, what, what, uh, I, I know you the, there's a Solheim foundation and you've been supporting organizations worldwide. Um, what does that mean for the family? Do you know, I mean, that's really why we're in business. Um, you know, we basically give a percentage of profit to it and, uh, it's, it's grown and we're able to, to help out. I serve on that board. I'm the only one from our, um, <laughs> we, with my, uh, each of us, my brother, Karsten Lewis and my brother, John and myself, uh, each of us have two people on it. Uh, and, uh, they have two of their kids on it, uh, 
I'm the only one from the second generation, okay. uh, so most of them are third generation. But uh, we meet regularly, and we go over uh, the needs. There are just so many out there. Yeah. And now, this isn't just Arizona or the U.S. It's worldwide, right? It's it's worldwide. Yeah. Uh, wow! So in those in those eighty countries, you've got pro shops. And you've also got foundation work all over. Well, uh, yeah, the pro shops that are in um, other countries and things don't have anything to do with okay. our, our foundation. Okay. Uh, we're in our last two minutes, I've been told by my producer, Jeremy. And um, over the years, uh, what is the single accomplishment you're most proud of? Oh, the single most that I'm proud of, I I would say um, it's my father um, putting the emphasis on Christian values. Uh, the fact it's, um, uh, for instance, in Proverbs on on trusting in the Lord. Let me give you just a little bit of the beginning. We're in our last one oh, minute okay. right now. Yeah, but um, in Proverbs chapter 3, it's my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of Mm. your heart. Mm. So find favor and high esteem in sight of God and man. And then trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways. Acknowledge him and, and he will direct your path. Amen. Uh, but I've memorized uh, chapters yeah. uh, in Proverbs, and his emphasis on that has well, made a difference in my life. Alan Solheim, you and Ping Corporation are rescuers. God bless you, and thank you for being on the show today. And God bless you, Art, for what you're doing. Thank you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.